Welcome back, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Ben Pakulski. This is the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. Today's podcast is going to be a very special one. I'm going to start off with a bit of a solo cast, a bit of an introduction to this amazingly special guest, someone who has had some of the greatest impact on my development as a human. Maybe I would call him the catalyst for change in my life when I was really, really lost and unsure of how to change. He was the guy who I looked to for guidance, for wisdom, for mentorship. And before I get into talking a little bit more about our guest, I want to talk to you a little bit about that thought process. So as we develop as humans, our, our objective ultimately is to find the most effective way to live. We're all looking to uh, achieve some semblance of fulfillment. Maybe it's happiness. Um, defining what that looks like for you is incredibly important. And one of the most valuable maybe lessons I've had along the way or the most valuable uh, assignments that I've partaken in ironically comes from a book that I bought for my daughter and I at the time she was six, she's now eight. And it's a little experiment that I suggest every one of you do. So when you all heard the statement that you become the five people you surround yourself with. And in 2012, I was sitting by myself realizing that the people in my life were not a representation of the person I wanted to become. And that was no fault of anybody. It was simply the life I was living at the time. And I spent most of my time with my children, with my partner, with my training partner. And it wasn't an exact reflection of the vision I had for the man I want to be. So fast forward, you know, a few years from there, I come across this amazing experiment slash writing assignment. And all the writing assignment said was on the left side of the page was for my daughter. On the right side of the page was for myself. At the top, it read, who are your best friends and why do you love them? And so my daughter answered first and she said she had four or five wonderful friends or maybe a couple more and she loved them for these very particular reasons. And then I went ahead, not thinking anything of it, and I started listing all the people who I saw as the greatest contributors to my life or the people who I just knew that I loved. And if I didn't see them for a long period of time, they would always be there for me and I was always be there for them. And they made a massive impact on my life. And I have so much love and gratitude for these people. So I make this list and it's about eight people. And it, it didn't take me long to get to that list. I knew exactly who they were. These people just had massive impact on my life. And as I went through why I loved them, something really interesting started to reveal itself. The fact that I curated these eight people, each of which contributed something to my life that became a standard of living for me. So each of them contributed something that what I would say is the highest standard that I've ever come across in the particular area as to why I valued them. And so they became like role models to me or mentors to me, even without them knowing it. It was a reflection of the way of being that they were embodying, right? So they had a specific way of being in a specific area that I valued tremendously. And I guess in some way, I offered them some valuable exchange and I gave them something in return. But regardless, my thought was, wow, these eight people in my life represent a complete version of myself, or at least the highest version of myself. So someone was my role model in parenting and someone was my role model in integrity. Integrity. Someone was my role model in fitness and someone was my role model in wisdom and spirituality and um, um, being nurturing, right? And just like the most caring person I've ever met. And 
these people just became my friends. And I held them so close to me, not knowing why. It wasn't a conscious thing at all. It wasn't some attempt to you know, keep these people close to me because I was trying to use them. It was just, hey, I just somehow unconsciously had curated this like ideal version of myself. And then for me, being able to see them and interact with them and literally just like observe them in their day-to-day life became a complete gift for me. It became a gift for me because it allowed me to see the representation of who I wanted to become. As humans, we model our behavior. Some of us wake up or, or sorry, grow up watching parents that have dysfunctional relationships. We grow up watching television that has dysfunctional relationships. And we don't necessarily become conscious of the representation of the entire body of who we are. It's not just physical, it's mental, it's spiritual, it's emotional. It's all of these things, financial. And and so if you start to carve down the most important aspects of your life and you go, these are the things that I value most. These are the areas of life that I think I should focus on. Do you then have someone in your life who represents your ideal version of that? And again, that could change, right? As I get better as a human, as I become more effective at thinking and being conscious and choosing my, my, my path, that might shift, But for now, the people that I have in my life are my best version of what I have to represent or what I have to uh, reflect, right? So I want to be the ultimately that thing that they have. I want to live up to that standard. That's a really interesting thought. And so for me, I can't tell you how much my life has changed simply by intentionally surrounding myself with great people intentionally being a great person so that I could provide great value back to them. These great people wouldn't stick around with me if I was in any way bringing drama and stress and challenge and, and uh, inadequacy and negativity into their life. So if you're someone right now sitting at home wondering if, hey, gosh, my life isn't great, or I wish my life could be better, instead of looking around and starting to look for those people, that could be step two. But step one, start to look at yourself and say, what do I bring of value into this situation? Why would this person invite me to their table? Why would they want to call me back after I called them? Why would they want to engage with me and entice, uh, create an enticing conversation? So what do you bring to the table? And it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be wisdom. It doesn't have to be education. There's something that you do right now in your life that's greater than everyone else on this planet. You may not know it yet but it may not seem valuable to you, but someone out there values it because they don't have a model of it yet, right? So for me, maybe it's just being a really kind and loving person. Maybe that's all I bring to them, right? Maybe it's integrity. Maybe it's, I don't know, inspiration. I have no idea. Maybe it's just the fact that I actually legitimately care about them. It doesn't have to be anything like, hey, you drive the best car, because I don't. It doesn't have to be like, hey, you have the best house, because I don't. It doesn't have to be, hey, you're, I don't have the perfect vocabulary. I don't have that either, right? I don't have any of those things, but yet I have this incredible um, library of humans. Again, I don't have access to my words all the time, right? I have this incredible list of people in my life. It's an incredible network, maybe appropriately, of people that it's just, I have to pinch myself sometimes to realize the level of human that I'm engaging with. It's truly amazing. And how did that come to be? Well, I sat within myself and I said, what is the greatest thing that I can contribute to anyone's life? What is the greatest thing that I bring to the table? And it doesn't have to be anything of 
significance or seeming significance to you, right? It could be something like, hey, I'm just going to be authentic. People value authenticity. Maybe I want to be vulnerable. Maybe it'll be inspirational. Maybe, maybe it's none of those. Maybe I'm just me and people love me for me. So at the risk of, of letting this drag on and on, I encourage each and every one of you to sit down, write down the people who, uh, in your life that you love the most and why do you love them? And allow that to start to become a representation of this avatar that you can start to create intentionally. But listen, the only way you're going to attract great people into your life is by being one yourself. And whatever you believe about what's happened in your past is completely just a story. It's just a story you're telling yourself about why you're inadequate, why you don't deserve to have these friends, why maybe you don't deserve to have the results you're after. You can choose to change your perception and accept every single thing in your life that's made you up to this point. In order for you to love who you are today, you have to love every single situation, circumstance, encounter, and person from your past, every single one. Otherwise, you can't accept and love who you are today. If you have hostility and resentment and anger about something you've done or something someone's done to you, you it makes it effectively impossible for you to love yourself. At 40 years old, I had an incredible awareness this weekend, which I'll like to share with you guys. This is a very vulnerable share, but I'm going to share it anyways. So what I realized this weekend was I've lived 40 years of my life with guilt over receiving and experiencing pleasure. And that's not just sexual pleasure. That's simply doing anything for myself. I feel guilty if I don't put someone else's need ahead, needs ahead of mine, or if I'm not working really hard on something, I don't have the ability to sit down and just relax and just enjoy myself, whatever that means. I get extreme amounts of guilt. And I didn't realize that. It took me 40 years. I'm a relatively conscious person. It took me 40 years to realize that. I always feel like I should be doing something. I should be helping somebody. I should be contributing to my children's life. I should be contributing to someone else's life. I should be building my business. I should be building my body. I should be doing something 24 hours a day. Sometimes I sleep five or six hours a night because I have so much guilt around, I could be, should be doing this, you should be doing that. And, and I want you to, I'm being intentional about the, the overuse of the word should. Right. So the word should is a representation of someone else's standard being imparted on myself. So what is it that I should do? Answer, nothing. What do you want to do? Right. So the, the reality that I experienced this massive amount of guilt this weekend and then I sat there and I said, why is that there? I did something uh, this weekend and I was like, hey, I'm just going to enjoy myself. And by the time that was done, I had painful amounts of guilt that I could have been investing that time in the gym. I could have been investing that time in my business. I could have been investing that time with my children. Uh, I could have been investing that time reading a book and personal growth. I did none of those things. And so if there isn't a purpose behind my uh, activities, I feel guilty. And that to me is obviously in my belief, probably put there by somebody else. Again, not sure who yet, we're still working through that. But um, the fact that I feel that emotion uh, that negative emotion is the gateway to me understanding what I should be looking at to change. If I'm experiencing pain, fear, anxiety, overwhelm, guilt, inadequacy, any of those wonderful, challenging emotions, 
that's the gateway. That's the doorway to you starting to understand what's there. So the next time you feel any of those emotions or hostility or anger or frustration, sit with it. Instead of trying to mute it by taking drugs or alcohol or painkillers or uh, turning on your cell phone and going through Instagram or turning on the TV or the radio, sit in silence with it and say, what is that emotion I'm feeling? How do I define it? And what put it there? Why is it there? What, what is my body trying to tell me? Right? Because we've created a belief around what that means. And oftentimes we're trying to run away from our emotions, aren't we? We're trying to not feel our, our emotions and not experience those things. But my suggestion to you is sit with it, spend at least five minutes, ideally 30 minutes sitting with it and maybe meditating on it and saying, why is that there? Who put that there? And follow the breadcrumbs, right? Follow the breadcrumbs as they lay themselves out and you'll start to unravel uh, the emotions and what put them there. And then maybe you can, you can accept why they're there and you could forgive the person that put them there and they could just become part of who you are. And now instead of feeling guilt over it, I can realize like, oh, I don't need to be guilty, right? It's okay for me to be intentional about doing some of the things I want to do, right? So it's not just about what I need to do or what I have to do, right? So it's this balance between doing all the things you need and some of the things you want and not feeling guilty about that. So that's my lesson for today before we now jump into this incredible podcast with the guy that I will call my first ever mentor in life. So as a child, I grew up, um, what we'll say with, with the minimal inclusion of parental guidance, um, that doesn't mean it wasn't there. It just means there was minimal involvement. And so uh, I always felt like, oh, I guess I'm kind of on my own in this. And so I never had great role models in uh, how to be a man. I never had great role models in how to be a spouse. I never had great role models in how to develop a business. I didn't have great role models in, gosh, really any relationship. I was terrible at communication. Um, I was often angry and frustrated and intolerant and impatient. Um, I just didn't care. I was like, you know what? F everybody. I'll do it myself. Right. That was my attitude up until the time I was about 27 years old. And so when I met this man at 26 years old and uh, 26, 27 years old, I was looking at him and he had nothing but great things to say about his wife, a lady he had been with at the time, I believe, for 26 or 27 years. He had four children who just thought the world of him. He had a successful business. He was a calm, loving man. He had an incredible physique. From my outside point of view, he set everything together. He had all of, all of the ducks in a row, all the things that I wanted to embody. And the thing that I loved about him most was we talked about relationships. And he goes, man, cheating is easy. Being loyal is hard. There's always going to be an opportunity for you to go mess around and be with some random person. But if you really want to be a great man, be loyal. That's hard. That's the sign of character and integrity. And that just resonated so much with me. I truthfully um, love or respect when people can work through their challenges together. And again, I'm not perfect. I've definitely had my challenge and I definitely haven't worked through all of them. Um, however, I will say that I have huge amounts of admiration and respect for the men and women out there who choose loyalty, who choose 
um, to work through those challenges with the partner. Not because you have to, not because I'm judging you if you leave. Trust me, I'm, I've done it too, right? We've all been through uh, separations, divorces, whatever it is. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. But it doesn't mean you give up on it. It doesn't mean you go out there and you're messing around all the time. Um, anyways, so this man is one of the greatest humans I've met. He's got so much of value to contribute. Uh, still to this day, is just crushing it in life, working hard in Pickering, Ontario, Canada, trains and or uh, performs therapy on some of the best athletes in the country, some of the best entrepreneurs and executives. And uh, he is a special man who's got incredible insights for us today. So enjoy this podcast with Mr. Alvin Brown. Alvin, thank you for being here, man. I love you uh, so much and I, I am eternally indebted to you. You are at the top of the list of people that I will call my eternal friends. Uh, nothing but gratitude and love for you, my friend. And um, thank you for joining us if you're listening. And for everybody else, guys, thank you for being here. Today's podcast is brought to you by, brought to you by my favorite collagen and MCT powders on, in, on the planet, Bubs Naturals. You guys know that I use Bubs every single day. If you haven't already tried it, go get it right now. You're going to absolutely love it. This company has integrity. They're giving back to charity. The products are really the highest quality you can get. Everyone who gets collagen, I highly suggest you get Bubs. It's the highest quality collagen you can get on the planet. That's not just me saying that. That's fact. There's only a few people that actually make collagen in the world, and they're getting it from the top of the totem pole. They're getting it actually from a place that's better than most of all the others. It's a very small supply of this stuff, and I've worked personally with Bubs and have this inside information as well as the MCT powder. If you have used it, it's going to change your life. It's unbelievable as far as its ability to give you brain performance, to give you body energy before training. Uh, it's a great replacement for milk, almond milk, oat milk, soy milk, all those things you really don't want to be consuming because it's a healthy fat that goes directly into the mitochondria to be used as fuel. Ladies and gents, head over to Bubs Naturals. Dot com. Use the code Ben to get hooked up with 20% off your order from now. And hopefully, uh, Bubs will be a long time sponsor of the podcast. If you're not already not already consuming Bubs, B U B S N A T U R A L S, Bubs Naturals.com. Use the code Ben, get hooked up with 20%. Our reality is made up. You know, I love to talk about that idea that nine, when someone sits in front of me, 10% of what they say is possibly the truth. 90% is, and this is just an arbitrary number, 90% is kind of made up based perception on is reality. perception. Yeah. There's so much because what I've found out is that in every reality, in every experience, we human beings love to make everything efficient because we can... The working memory can only store so many, so we kind of just, okay, we'll get to the point. So we get to the point, but when we do that, we, with our experience, we delete, we distort, we generalize. So when we delete, a, I mean, just think about right now as we sit in this room, there's the wind outside, the lights, the, there's so much stimulation coming in, so we just delete a lot of that mm -hmm. to focus on what we want to think. And right now as I'm talking to you, you're thinking about something else and kind of put everything I said into a context going, okay, summarize this quickly in my mind. I know what he's talking about. I put it in context, connect it with something else I experienced and I know what he's saying. Yeah. So you delete a whole bunch and then you distort it based on your background, based on your, whatever you went through. So basically what you're going to tell me about when I leave and tell somebody else, it's going to be your version of what will be based on your perceptions and your press experiences exactly. and your beliefs. And yep. exactly. So I look at, when I work with somebody, I look at, okay, go ahead, tell me your version of it. 
And then I, my job is to, just like when you see on the internet, they have those um, tests that they do where they skip parts and you fill in the blanks. Yeah. Even if they turn the word backwards and make it, it looks close enough, we get stopped. We fill in the blanks and, and call it. Yeah. And so my job now is to go back, fill in the richness of the experience. What's this, that, what did you hear, what did you... And this is all NLP, this is nothing new for, this is nothing I created. I just took NLP now and just really tied it in with everything else. But if you start helping them to fill in the blanks and give them a richer experience, for instance, the best thing I can tell people who are not grabbing a hold of this, because some people argue for their weaknesses, right? Come on, come on, it did happen to me, man. I was abused. You tell me it didn't happen, man? Yeah, you know, it did happen, but how you look at it is the thing. The shame and the guilt that you've been carrying for 30 years is not the way it should have went. You didn't cause that. Someone else did, but the, the, the narrative human beings tend to turn everything on themselves and we take things personal and we take it, so we struggle with guilt and shame and resent, you know, holding things back and that's what I want to get rid of because that's the stuff that's holding people back and if you can fill in the blanks and have them because you can't see the frame of the picture that you're in if you're in the picture you can't see the frame so my job is to show you what the frame looks like and help you fill in the blanks right that's the beautiful thing about meditation right so this morning I woke up yeah. the first thing I did is I meditated and I noticed that my my consciousness point was painted with a with a tone of like stress or anxiety or something that was a little bit negative mm -hmm. and I noticed that as soon as I opened my eyes I think it's because I was startled by an alarm yeah so like, what's going on yeah. so I noticed it right away and my, my practice every day is to choose my consciousness right I want to choose my framing I want to choose my emotion yeah so it's right away it's like ah I'm so grateful to be alive I'm yeah. so grateful and right there that creates my framing yeah so rather than waking up with the frame of like oh damn alarm clock and yeah. oh, it's early and I get to wake up Boom, right away. And notice it. So that's, like I say, meditation. One of the first things mm -hmm. you do is you notice the general tone of your emotional state. Mm -hmm. So in my, like if everyone just closes their eyes right now or listening, if you're not driving, you're driving, don't do that. Close their eyes and just feel the general overtone. Mm -hmm. So is it calm? Is it anxious? Is it angry? Is it fearful? Mm -hmm. Is it tense? That's your general tone, right? Mm -hmm. is, it, is it happy? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it joyful? Whatever, right? And then and go, okay. Well, I can choose this. In any moment, I get to choose. Yeah. And I get to take that with me into my day. I think that's the most empowering uh, mindset or yeah. framing that anyone could know. I talk about this constantly. I'm like, hey, do you realize you get to choose that? Yeah. So when someone comes into, into your office and goes, you, you're seeing their framing, mm -hmm. the only thing, man, I, I would suggest to clients, I'm like, I'm not here to tell you anything about your life. All I'm here to do is open the door to the possibility that a different option is available to you. Yeah. So like, I'm just gonna open that door. If you wanna walk through it, you can walk through it. Then it's your choice. Yeah. Then you're empowered by your decision rather than just being like, uh, this this dude told me that it, my, my reality is wrong. I'm mm -hmm. like, no, that's not true. I can't tell you anything. You get to choose. But I want you to know that you can. Yeah. And I think that that's, that framing seems to work well for me. You know, um, I wish I had a pen to write things out as you're saying them because I'm, I'm thinking of a bunch of things. One, though, that I, I want to bring up is this. I read this in the NLP book. It says, every experience has a structure. And all we have to do is deconstruct your structure because the content, I don't, your content is you made that up. It's, I'm not so, we're, say, psychology, and I, and I don't want to generalize here, but typically I had a client of mine who goes to a psychologist. She's going to go get it, you know, help herself. 
and they wanted to go back and remember 10 things that were tragic and want you bring that to me the next time you come in. I'm like, if you go back and remember every, because the subconscious mind is timeless. It doesn't understand chronology. It doesn't understand you're now 40 years old. The thing happened at five. It doesn't get that. So the minute I go back to five and bring that thing up, I'm now in five years old. Everything fires the same because it doesn't understand that I'm so distant from it. So the structure, all I have to do when I listen to somebody's content is figure out how they got there, how to process, what process they used to get there because there's a structure to it, meaning that all my five senses created this structure around this thing and deconstruct it. So when they go back to retrieve that memory, that pattern that they do, they're disrupted and they can't remember what the structure was and it's kind of weird and it doesn't feel the same anymore. That intensity is down and so, you know, when we look at our experience, we just got to deconstruct it because the content doesn't matter. Everyone has a different content. When we leave today, everybody in this room right now will have a different content of what happened. It's how we structured it. How we, so all we got to do is deconstruct it, put it back in a way that's more empowering for people. Because typically we're disempowered by our experience most times, not everybody, but most times, most people are disempowered because we can... If you had 10 things that went beautiful, you're going to remember the one that didn't. And that's what, not yourself, but that's what most people focus on. Jesus. That's why journaling is important. Like, right. You oh, got to reflect on like, here's all the things that went really well. Everyone does it. Things are yeah. default. But like, here's all the things that went really well today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one didn't go well, so yeah. well. But like, let's just tip the scales in favor of like, yeah, I did really well today. Yeah. And that way that allows you to create that constant positive framing. 100%. I have this process I do with people called build your you done good list. What? Build your you done good. You done good. You done good. So even the Little League World Series that you played in, yep. even the, you got third in this race. Yep. Write them all down. Write everything down because yep. those little wins are what we forget. And we start to just focus on, we become myopic. Yep. You know, geez, that person said again, one of those things where we like to take things personal. Yep. One of the most powerful um, experiences I've had in the last couple of months so I'm meditating on the beach of Costa Rica. Mm. Yeah. And I told this in the podcast. I'm meditating on the beach of Costa Rica and I'm, I'm in meditation and I was so vivid. My seven-year-old self walks up and he's yeah. crying. Mm. I'm like, what's going on? So I'm like, you know, I call him over and I put him on my lap. He's crying. Mm-hmm. And I, so what that allowed me to do yeah. was to my seven-year-old self, I went through and I said, here's what you've done in your life. Yeah. Here's all the things you've done. Beautiful. Like, don't cry. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's hard for you right now, yeah. but it's going to be okay. You're going to work this out and you're going to, you're going to turn all these challenges into yeah. your greatest strengths. Beautiful. So even though people right now aren't supporting you in the way that you need, mm-hmm. you're turning this into something great. You're going to be a leader in this world. You can do great things in this yeah. world. People are going to love you. People are going to respect you. Yeah. And it just flipped. And so, but as I did that consciously, I was like, hey, when you were this age, you did this. When you were this age, you did this. And all of a sudden his light, his face starts to light up. So that experience for me, even though it was in meditation, mm-hmm was a really powerful experience for me to kind of review, like, holy shit, I've done yeah. really cool things in my life. Yeah. I feel like I'm just getting started, exactly. right? I feel like I'm, I'm just like, I feel like I'm at the beginning of a new race, right? Yeah. I ran I one race, it's a new mountain, right? I call yeah. it the second mountain. Yeah. It's like I ascended one, like most people do, and it's yeah. the materialistic mountain, and like yeah. I wanted this thing. Yeah. And now the, the new mountain is, is internal. It's like, how right. do I just become, you know, we, this is yeah. why you and I go along so well. It's like, yeah. talk, what, is the, what is that thing that, um, yeah, that, that journey that's within. Yeah. Like now I'm looking yeah. for me. And, the heart of the journey, by the way. And, and sometimes it's not about adding anything. This is yeah. what I'm realizing. It's about taking away. Yeah. 
uh, yeah. it's about taking away age, right? age. all those beliefs all those those um, limitations all those yeah. things that you, all those stories that you've created or people have put there for you yes and, and seeing who you are and one of the things that man I talked about yesterday was um, you know people are seeking happiness yeah I'm like well why don't you just choose happiness instead mm-hmm. of seeking it mm-hmm. right and why don't you just choose joy instead of yeah. seeking it like if, if I can't get happiness from drugs and alcohol and TV and, and sex and whatever yeah because it's fleeting, right? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. chase the next girl. I'm going to chase the next relationship. Why don't I just choose happiness yeah. every minute yeah. when I wake up and choose gratitude? Now it becomes a very different conversation yeah. than seeking it. Now, quick, quick question on that. Like I said, I wish I had a paper to read. There's so many things you're floating in my. I want to miss any, but I'm going to ask you a question. How can people handle being happy completely for 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 a long extended period of time? Because I often wonder. It's almost like. If I gave you everything you ever wanted, what would be next? So lady, yeah. quickly, to hold that thought and think that for a second. The lady said to me, one of my clients, Alvin, do you go to church? And I said, no, I don't go to church. Regularly, I don't go to church. She goes, oh, why didn't you go? I go, why? Why should I go? She goes, I want you to go to heaven. And I said, uh, okay, tell me about heaven. Oh, Alvin, heaven is this place where you go. It's, the streets are paved in gold, and, and you never have any problems anymore. And you just, you know, so... I'm like, okay, so what's hell? Oh, it's a cauldron, you know, burning and you're gonna burn. So I said, so just tell me for a second. When I go to heaven and I woke up on day 400 and it's still the same bliss, would I know I'm in heaven anymore? Because there's no contrast. Be crazy. You start to go crazy. Crazy, I'm in hell. <laughs> this is hell. Yep. I can't, another day like this. <laughs> so. You need that contrast. You yeah. need this. So is so. I said the way I, I said. Here's my thing. The way I live my life, I find heaven is here. You know already. It's here. And I, yeah, that's funny because one of the things that I believe is we're obviously spiritual beings mm-hmm. having a human experience. Yeah. And I think this is heaven. I think you're, you're this this energetic being, and 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 you know the Creator goes, "Hey, Alvin, you're in, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's your time. Go in there and fucking ride it out and enjoy it and have a blast and enjoy the emotions and enjoy the experience because it's going to be really fun. You might get to go again. Mm-hmm. Not really sure. Go in there and make the most of it. Yeah. And you're like, all right, come, get ready to go, coach. I can do it. You're diving in. You're yeah. coming all excited. Yeah. Uh, and someone's going to tell you, you can't do that. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Like, I think this is it, man. I'm like, this is our experience. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. I really have a belief that like, why wouldn't it be? I did a post recently on this idea that my life is perfect for me. Totally. For me. If I got your problems, I wouldn't, I'd be crushed under your problems. Any, any of our viewers, yeah. listeners, if I had their problem, I'd be crushed. But right. you know what? For me, my, la- my son has autism, my last son, that's perfect for me. I can handle that. My niece who died a few years ago, I can handle, because that was for me. I can handle your problems because everyone is engineered and prepared if they allow it to happen and not fight it, you are prepared for what's coming to you. If you allow it and stop the fight, wishing, oh, that, that guy's better than me and he has it, she has it better. And if you just accept everything that's coming to you, embrace it, surrender, and let it hone you, you're ready. You're ready because you've been prepared. Even if you're, you have someone with cancer who you found out they have cancer, you know, three years ago and they died now. You've been prepared for... Have you read the book Awareness by Anthony DeVello? No. Read it. You're going to love it. So I'm reading it now. It's one of, the, one of my favorite books that I've read maybe in my life. Mm. It really, and really, really simple framing, but it's basically that. It's like 
life is not meant to be blissful. It's meant to be challenging. Yeah. And when you, um, like, it's just through, the, through, if you think about through the beginning of time, it's like, like prior to uh, us being civilized, we were living, you know, um, whether it was apes basically and probably getting eaten by lions and like, right. It was never less brutal than it's probably the least brutal that it is now. Yeah. And there's still yeah. always, there's always been wars. There's like, man, it's like children are dying and babies are dying. That's just part of the human experience. But we have this like Hollywoodized version of what, what life should be. Yeah. Like, oh, it needs to be blissful and perfect. And you're like, well, no, man, like this is the most amazing it's ever been. But people have never experienced hard times. I always say we're soft. Yeah. Never experienced any hard times to have any relative comparison. That's right. So as soon as something small happens, we fucking freak out. Yeah. Like, oh, this is terrible. And I'm like, well, is it? Yeah. Like, man, life is incredible. The fact that we're here, we get to enjoy this. We get to, we get to experience this is I mean, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful existence. Yeah, because after every painful time, the opposite is always it's, a it's exhilaration. Perspective. Oh, yeah. A, and if you allow it, if you allow it. Yeah. So if, if, you allow it. If, you, if you anticipate the reality that something challenging is going to happen, it, it is what it is, yeah. then right now is bliss. Yeah. No matter what it is, yeah. there's something worse that could be happening to you right now, without question. Yeah. So right now, maybe compared to that, this is awesome. And maybe yeah. could, there could be better things. That's great, yeah. too. I think losing the attachment to yeah, always need some, yeah, the label, right? Yeah. The expectation, yeah. like, oh, it's not good enough. Great, it's great to pursue things. I yeah. think that's wonderful, but pursuit without attachment. Yeah. Right? And that, so that's kind of the premise of this book. It's like giving you a new framing of how to, how to just look at all experience. It's, it's like having a bad day or a good day. That's just a label. It's just a day. Right, it's just a day. It's a day. It's Are a, obstacles bad? Right, it's right. a kit, right? Or, and the best times, that you grow is in, because I asked somebody this question, I said, the best test you ever did, what was the best test you ever did? 90%. Tell me, tell me all about the ones you got right. Could not remember the ones you got right. Tell me the ones you got wrong. They could remember the few of them that they got wrong. Why? Because that's the one that challenged them to go back and make it better. Yeah. See, we never remember anything that went right. It's funny, Andy and I were just talking about um, whenever at workouts mm -hmm. or, uh, yeah, I'll intentionally write them harder than the person is capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's memorable. Yeah. If I give you right. a workout that you just complete, you're like, oh, it was easy. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that was okay. Yeah. If I give you a workout that's right outside of your comfort zone, and yeah. it's like outside of what you're physically capable of doing, yeah. you'll remember that workout for a long time. I, so in, in the original MI40, which was written in 2010, yeah. Um, day 31, like I've got thousands of people around the world yeah. that have written me about day 31. Right. Like, dude, that was the hardest workout I've ever done. Right. I, and I remember it vividly in my head because everyone's mm -hmm. like, man, how, what is this? Like, I'm like, right. I'm like, that's a workout I used to do all the time. Yeah. Everyone was, that the hardest workout I've ever done? Yeah. I literally probably thousands, maybe on the order of 5,000 people have written right. me about day 31. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah. And I remember it. And I'm like, yeah. Like, I intentionally write those things or I create them for myself mm -hmm. outside of the realm of what I think I'm, I'm going to enjoy. Yeah. And that's how we grow up. But yeah. you didn't remember day one, whereas like yeah. that was easy, yeah, because like, that was that was a buildup, right? Yeah. But you remember day thirty-one because it was outside of your realm of comfort. And that's the thing: we never the brain. That's something I. It's already been known, but something I had an epiphany on. Even even when anybody owns a business is listening, the brain loves novelty. So if you're doing anything the same, <laughs> we don't wake up to the same. So true. Man. We love novelty. Yep. We the brain wakes up for novelty. It, it just. Because the beautiful thing about the human body, you know this, you can appreciate this, adaptation. The brain loves to adapt really, really quick. That's why we learn phobias so quickly. 
There's an experience, lock it in, phobia. And we feel like we're accomplishing something yeah. when we have no. And it loves efficiency. Yeah. So that's right. It prunes away experiences that we don't mm -hmm. use anymore. Yeah. Only stick to the things that we do. It's so interesting. Right? Because the brain loves, the body is in constant, let me get more efficient. It's always an efficiency. Do you think it's also the ego saying, I learned something today? Like if, I, if mm -hmm. I'm doing so, I'm overcoming yeah. an obstacle and it's smaller, I'm doing something new and novel, mm -hmm. I have this unconscious, be like, oh, I did something today. So, yeah. If I do the same thing over and over and over again, even though that may be what I need in business. Yeah. If you want to grow your business, like what I say in exercise, when yeah. you start an exercise program with me, yeah. you get 24 exercises total, yeah. three per body part, right. tops. Yeah. Go master those for the next three or four months. Yeah. Like what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get good at those. Yeah. And when you get good at those, your results come. Yeah. Same business. Like yeah. you don't need to novelty. You need, you need, you need to get better at the action, execution. Thing. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. And, and you know, so that's what makes me excited about the the, the body and the nervous system because I'm all. It's always pruning away. Yeah. Whatever you don't need, it prunes it away, and then you're on to. So it loves novelty. It gets used to things. That's why when we drive, first time you're driving, it's like oh light, it's okay, click, I can. Now you now you can drive an hour, don't even remember, don't even see anything around you. They right. built up a building and you didn't even realize it. Right. Oh, someone said, do you see that building? What, what yeah. building? You drove automatically. So it, it loves automation. Mm -hmm. So that's why the, the phobias kick in real quick and they get locked in because we just love, the brain loves efficiency, you know? So, you know, man, I'm just fascinated by our, so the question, I'm going to shoot it back at before we move on is, can someone accept being happy? Is this a, it, it, can, <laughs> every day, like, yeah. can you really, is this something that we, is inherent in us to a say? Absolutely. I mean, you, you, so happy, not complacent, mm -hmm. right? And then there's people who, def like I know people who don't feel like they deserve to be happy mm -hmm. and that's their programming. Yeah. And you know, I've experienced that yeah, yeah. deeply. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think some people just don't believe they should, they deserve happiness. So they intentionally seek misery because yeah. they want to commiserate. Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk about how shitty our day was. Or let's yeah. talk about how shitty the government is or how shitty the weather is. Yeah. There's a huge percentage of people like that. Yeah. But then they can commiserate and they can relate to people. So it allows yeah. them to belong. I feel like, hey, right. we, we, can, we can be together. We can be yeah. friends because yeah. we both hate the same shit. Yeah. And so that's what what percentage of the population do you think at least 50 yeah wants to just i, I want to hate life so yeah. that i can talk to my neighbor how much they hate life yeah that's really so that's just the relatability man and then mm -hmm. and there's the other people that that's the crabs in the bucket then there's the other people who are trying to get out of that yeah and they're getting pulled back because yeah. like i'm losing my family my family hates me my friends i didn't realize how real that was yeah until very recently a friend of mine was um kind of changing her lifestyle she was becoming healthy she quit drinking she was uh, partying less and all of her friends were like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Like, you want to go for a drink? She's like, no, I stopped. I give it up. She mm -hmm. was a functioning al alcoholic and right. she just gave it up. Yeah. And I was like, and all of her friends stopped talking to her. They got very angry with her. Like, they're trying to like, force her to drink. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand that. Yeah. You're trying to better yourself. You're yeah. training, you're working hard, you're reading books, you're doing personal development, you're, you're taking art classes mm -hmm. and your friends are going, hey, let's go for some, some drinks. Yeah. It's like, it's so interesting yeah. you know, how people just want to pull you down. I had someone close to me working with me, who is it working towards change. And it's amazing how this person, as you said, goes home and they're laughing at, oh, how well, long are you keeping this up for? Totally. How oh, long are you gonna do this? Because they're, 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 they're deflecting their own like limiting beliefs on you. Yeah, and then I even see this person comes to work with a salad, but hides it. Hides a salad, I don't know from who from, because you're right. safe around here, but this, this idea that even want us to see it because right. it's strange. Like you brought your own food. Isn't yeah, it interesting? And a salad. Isn't it interesting that, I mean, I got this all the time. 
if you bring a Tupperware yeah. to to lunch mm-hmm. and someone brings McDonald's yeah. to lunch, you're going to get ridiculed. Yep. They're going to get uh, envied. Oh, yeah. God, your house smells great. Yeah. You're so lucky. Yeah, Animal House. What the f- yeah. What's wrong with people? Yeah, that's why the partiers, Animal House, right back in the day, John Belushi. Party! Right? That's, that's fucking people. If you tell people, I went, uh, what do you do for the weekend? I went for a run. I went to... Yeah. Do you know what's interesting? Um, you know one Morel? You know one Morel? Yeah. Pro yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He has, and he's built a business out of it, so awesome. Kudos. He has so many followers on social media mm-hmm. just because he eats like a lunatic. Yeah. He eats like just a maniac. He goes yeah. to like every McDonald's, like, and before the show, he's going to have 17 burgers or whatever. Right, like, I'm right. exaggerating. Yeah. But he grew this huge social media, media following exclusively mm-hmm. over the fact that he was shredded and was yeah. able to eat like crap. Right. He since turned into a multi million dollar business. Mm-hmm. Have you seen his cookie dealer? No. He's crushing it. So right. he was the guy eating all these amazing desserts and turned right. into a business. Brilliant. But he just get put on, got put on this pedestal because look how great he looks and he can eat like that. Yeah. So people want to live vicariously mm-hmm. through him. Yeah. Like, oh, I can do that too. Yeah. Well, no, you can't. You cannot. <laughs> right. You cannot. Yeah, it's so interesting how people, um, yeah, man, like people's interesting minds. But that reality. piece, that piece that you're talking about, uh, when you're talking about crab in a barrel, that one, if you think about it, if you and I were friends and we're playing at the same level, all of a sudden you decide to crawl out of the bucket. What you're doing to me is you're forcing me to look in the mirror and go, what have I done? Yeah. What have I done in my life? Because you're, you're not crawling out of something we've been used to. Right. What and I'm realizing, I'm realizing that you're better than me. That's my perception. Instead yeah. of saying, motivate me, right. you're now causing me to feel pain. Yeah. Oh, shit. I, I, I can't do, do that. I will do what the hell I can to get you back in that. But I'll remind you about who you are, yeah. who I know you as being. And I think everyone needs to hear this message when they're kids. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting that, you know, and I see parents doing this, right? That blows my mind. Like if my kids can take mm. over the world, I would just lift them up, man. I'd be like, I, that, so that's my character, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, please go crush. Yeah. Like if I yeah. can support you, if you could step on my back to get yeah. to the next level. Yeah. You know, do it. And yeah. it blows my mind to hear parents just like wanting the kids to not excel or succeed because mm-hmm. of like leaving them behind. I'm, I'm, I'm smiling because I, I'll keep this as private as I can, but I was working with a, uh, an entrepreneur who gave me a quick call and it's all about his mother who has this affinity to make him feel so small, mm. gives him no credit, zero, no matter what accomplishments he brings. That's probably what drives him, unconsciously. He realizes that, but it's it's amazing how consciously, so, you know, we have the conscious, subconscious. The conscious mind is beautiful, you know, the prefrontal cortex, and you can make decisions and all these logical, great things, but deep below is this, it's almost like that, you know, the classic iceberg and the big thing below. The conscious is that little tip up top where we can make all these great, you and I can have this come, but deep below is this thing that sits there that holds all this shit. Processing network. Yeah, that you can think logically, but underneath is this driving thing that drives your behavior because he's sitting there saying what you just said, ah, that's probably what drives me, but underneath it's like, you know, just going off on this, I hate, you know, geez, drive me a lot of, yeah, all of that, but consciously knowing what this procedure is, what this codependency thing is that they have together. So it's amazing how we really have to work. I almost say it's like a, put a glass of Coke and you pour water in. 
you just got to keep pouring and pouring. That thing eventually gets lighter and lighter, but eventually, mm -hmm. if you got to keep pouring, it gets lighter and lighter. And eventually, over time, the water will lighten and dilute this dark Coke, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's what, you know, and I often say to people who are dealing with past stuff appearance, which is where we all pick up shit, is from. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you know, you probably heard some of her, you guess you probably heard this old story of the lady with the meatloaf in the oven. So I'll, I'll quickly, some of you have probably heard it, but the story of this guy sitting there, he's watching his wife cut off the end of her pot roast. Put told this before. Right. right. Yeah. Cuts the end off the pot roast, puts it in. She says, honey, what are you doing? She goes, oh, we just don't eat the end of pot roast in my family. We don't eat the ends. That's, you just don't eat that. It's going, that's interesting. Okay. Why? I don't know, we just don't do it. So go ask mom, mom, why do you, why do you guys cut the end after pot roast? She goes, I don't know, that's just how we do it. It's just a family thing, we don't do, we don't eat the ends. Grandma was alive, go ask grandma, grandma, why do you do that? She says, I don't know, that's the way we were given that. And, but what I understand anyways is back a generation ago, the oven couldn't fit the pot roast in. So you see, they carried it forward now, the same thing. So that's why I look at when we, when we hand things down to the next gen, we're handing down that pot roast. We don't know why we cut the ends off. The oven's bigger now, it can fit, but we just don't eat the end of that yeah. pot roast. Yeah. Right? So, that's so for those of you that don't know, Alvin was the guy who introduced me to meditation circa mm -hmm. 2006 or seven, mm -hmm. maybe. And uh, so it brings up the conversation around meditation. So what I use my meditation practice for now is almost to become the observer of my thinking, to become the observer of my actions. And that's the greatest thing in the world, right? I can sit here and see myself reacting or see myself thinking something or walking into a circumstance that I feel something coming up and then I can take this kind of meta level awareness and go, oh, what's that? Why is that there? Yeah. How am I going to choose to respond or react to this? So whereas in the past, I didn't, because of pre-meditation, I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. I could just, I just go in and like, just be. With stimulus response. Right. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, now I can be aware of what is this feeling I'm having? That's a little uncomfortable. Do I want to experience this or do I want to let it pass? Why am I feeling this? Oh, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. I can then choose to, to yeah. act differently. So I'm yeah. now observing my unconscious coming up and ex wanting to express itself consciously or however it expresses yeah. itself. And I can observe. Yeah. And so this is, I think, the greatest gift of meditation, oh, right? Oh, so rather than just expressing, like your friend seeing your friend who's, who's freaking yeah. out about his mom, yeah. you can feel that coming on and go, huh, why is that there? Yeah. Who put that there? Was it me or somebody else? And do I want to choose to express this thing now? Yeah. That's the most amazing thing in life, I think. It's like, yeah. I can just like observe. Yeah. So now as a parent, you know, one of the, so if you guys that don't know Alvin, so Alvin and I, yeah. 2006, met each other. I was, yeah. I was a young meathead body who had nothing about it. I didn't know shit about fuck yeah. to, to, to yeah. quote. You just, I just want to win, it's all your goal. Was. I want to win what by any means possible. Right, and I had so many limitations and challenges. And you started introducing me to like reading and books and, and self-development and, and would go and I'd do sessions with you and move just like, just, it was, it was the first exposure to any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and I meant that stuff changed my life. And so uh, one of the things that I admired most about you when we started was one, you're successful in business, two, you had four kids and, and a wife who you're actually one of the only people I'd ever met in this true story, one of the people I'd, only people I'd ever met who was happy in their relationship, mm -hmm. happy with their wife and not cheating on their wife. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is it about this guy? He's got a great business. 
he's got a great attitude. He's in personal development. He's got four kids that love him. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, I've never seen anybody like this before. Mm-hmm. And that was the honest truth. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I've never seen anybody like this. Yeah. Like I didn't know a single person who wasn't talking about who they were cheating on their wife with or the kids hated them or they had a fight mm-hmm. with their kids. Yeah. I was like, this is the type of person I want to be with. Yeah. Like I want, can, can we have more conversations? Yeah. I think every week I drove to do therapy with you just because yeah, like I, I wanted to understand yeah. what your secret sauce was. Yeah, no, you know what? It's so funny. I didn't think of this as anything, by the way, this this thing you talk about, me, my character. I didn't think of it as just me being just me. You, yeah. But the more I started to talk to, I met another person who's 50 plus years old and he said, you're the first, same thing, you're the first guy I met without a burner phone, without another little phone at the side to, and I'm like, that's strange, that keeps, seems to be a common theme here. What is this? Dude. Yeah, so he said, you're the first person, I'm like, that seems to be a common because I, I know some of the men that I'm working with are these big tough dudes and they're you know but they they that seems to be a thing dude what is that because I didn't think of it I'm just being me and the only reason why I'm like that is because I've grown up seeing a lot of the other part right. where great women I know some people and I won't mention names here I'm trying to keep it as private as possible I know some people who I'm looking at and going this woman's amazing and but this need to do all this. So I'm like, that's interesting. And I've seen, you know, my own father do the same. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to be, I don't want to continue the pot roast. Yeah. Here's a pot Break roast, it. here's a pot Break roast. It, right. Yep. I want to be an example. And the way, I, the way, you know, I saw Will Smith say that. We asked him, what do you want to, why you want to be remembered? I want to be an example. So if I continue to, and I, and I hate being, if you expect me to be, Whatever you, you expect. Break expectations. Break oh. expectations. That's yeah. what I want to do. So, you know, for my, I continue. And if I say my value, one of my values is integrity, there's no use me saying it. And then you find out that, dude, man, come on. So I'm so true to my word that I will stick to that no matter what. And, you know, I'm a guy like everybody else. Women are beautiful, the whole thing. But I got to remember that, you know, it's ironic. And this is the first time I'll say this. Uh, in public as well, it's a thought that I had is the very, even if there's a temptation, the minute you give into that temptation, the person you give into it with loses respect for you. So one of my values is having respect, hmm. either from yeah. people or from, but the very minute I, the funny thing is that person might want you, really say they want you really badly, but the minute you give in, you've lost the thing they want you for, and it, you become average again. So I, I know that. Have you yeah. read David Dita, uh, The Way of the Superior Man? No, I've got that book, I haven't read it Read yet. it, so he speaks about that. So like it was, a, it was actually a great parenting and a great relationship book, mm. whereas this idea of like women are constantly shit-testing it, yeah. like yeah. to see how much they can push and see how, how, how much strength you have and how much yeah. you will, if you're gonna cave. Yeah. So like even to include my daughter, like yeah. constantly she's shit-testing yeah. me and I yeah. see it, I just stand with a big smile on my face, like yeah. I love you, yeah. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't give that's it. it. Yeah, I just love you, and you can, yeah. it's unconditional. So I could see her trying to push to see, does this man actually love me? Is yeah. he gonna support me when it's hard? What is he willing to put up with? Yeah. And so like, I see that just inevitably. And so yeah. same thing with women trying to like, you know, like, hey, you wanna go have a little fun? Or like, right. you know, yeah. totally, man. Yeah. It's like, nope, nope, not gonna, not like, and you said something to me, I think it was you, you said something to me when we were young, it's like, cheating's easy, man. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy. Just say yes. Yeah, exactly. It's easy. Just say yes. You know, the people you respect most are the people who don't. Like, cheat, not cheating, being, yeah. being loyal. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. That's like, 
It is. Yeah. It is. Monogamy is. Yeah. I don't know if it's a, if it shouldn't be in the animal world or what, but it is. It, it it's. What was I? I came up with something around that. Where no it seems to be the passive thing is no, but it seems to be the hardest. You know what I mean? Like just say no. Yeah, and then investing in. I mean, I get the the dynamic challenge of like that that person you're with, like. You have to you have to invest, like mm-hmm. no question. You gotta be sure it's the right person. So that's yeah. the challenge. Like, I'm not really sure if this is the right person. But don't invest, get the hell yeah. out, right? Yeah. So like, you know, you're the same as me as we invest deeply in a small number of people. Yeah. When you invest, you invest everything. Everything. And that can sometimes hurt. And yeah. I think that's why people are afraid of like this person's gonna screw me over. But you know, that's that's part of life, man. Yeah. That's depth. Right? Yeah. It's like investing in a business or investing in your body, yeah. investing in yourself. Yeah. Like so many people are about breadth. Like yeah. I'm gonna go really wide. No, man, go deep. Yeah. Go deep and on a small number of things. Now you remember the uh, funny that you brought this up. Remember the ayahuasca we did? I of course I do. Okay. <laughs> remember that? Here's what so when we left that experience, I remember the shaman that was leading us through. He was saying, because one of the when I was down eight hours, I didn't even realize it was eight hours. I, I was in Let's, 90 minutes, you were in eight I was hours. Like a corpse. Yeah. Done. And I could hear you. I, and I was like, how did he go so fast? And you know, yeah, I yeah, process fast. you're done, right? So I'm laying there. I didn't realize it was eight hours getting cold now. But anyways, halfway through that thing, in my mind, I called him. Yeah. In comes. my mind. And I said, I felt a tension here, right? In, in the heart space. It was this side was pasted to the bed. I couldn't get, I, like, really weird. Yeah. So in my mind, I called him. And he came from that weird, started doing whatever he does, you yeah. know, clearing the heart space. And yeah. anyways, after the debrief, after we're done, he's saying, so what is it, what's going on with you? Is it your appearance? Is it your, like, what, what's, what do you, what's your resentment? Are you holding here? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, I think I'm good with my father. You know, that's cool. My son having, I don't think I blame God. I don't, I can't figure it out. But we left that. I went on back home. I'm like thinking, what is it? You know, it was, it was lack of vulnerability. One, one thing, two things I learned from that. One, I need to let go of control because I didn't let myself go under because mm. I was holding on to so much control. You're never going to get me go. It's almost like my my stag. They were trying to get me drunk. I would never let them do it. It reminded me of the same thing. I was, was staying over here in the sanity and over here in the letting go and I just Dang. wouldn't let go. It was tiring. Yeah. So that tiring thing made me realize that I'm holding in my, even in my job, my work, what I was doing though, the second thing I realized was I was holding resentment against people who I believe harm me. Hmm. in the heart space who came to work for me possibly and said hey and then they left and i, I didn't realize i hmm. thought i was tough enough ah whatever i don't care but it actually was what i was holding the resentment over and it was building calluses on top of my heart space which i and i'm like damn okay i didn't realize yeah, that so go, right? yeah so when i came back two things i did learn to let go and then to let them go as well let go of the people yeah. and, and also let go of trying to control. Did you have a process to do that? You know, yeah, I went through. The ayahuasca helped because it, it made me realize at one point I tried to hold a state. There was that state we got to where it was elation, where I felt like, oh, man, I could control the world, man. It was like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> you know, this is world. Like, so I tried to hold on to that yeah. feeling. And, and go back there every so often. Yeah, so meditation, for sure. Right? Yep. Meditation is huge. And what you were saying, by the way, with the meditation is so, 
that 40,000 foot view, it's almost like someone gave me a great example. I can't remember what was this. And to me, it was uh, Sakuru. Hmm. We were listening to him. He was yeah. talking about this idea of a traffic. And I love this thing. You know, when you're in traffic, you're like, this, what the hell is ahead of me here, man? What's going on? I want to I wanna drive up there and see carnage because this got to be carnage, man. If I'm in this traffic, slow me down. Oh, man. man, you were just. I'm going to rush you home right on the couch. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I got to get home to argue with my wife. Come on, let's go. <laughs> but, anyways, you know, and then he says, imagine then I take you up in an airplane and you're just looking at it. The tension is gone. You're just seeing it. You look ahead, you see what's going on. Yeah. No big deal. Hmm. You know, because you realize it's soon you're almost there and it's, it's emotions are gone. Right. Because you're not in it and you can't see, because when you're in it, you can't see ahead of you. You can't see oh, the distance. Is it the fear of, of what, what, like anticipation? Yeah, and the control. Lack of control. Yeah, like I, I'm in this and it's, and one thing I notice when I'm working with people who are super depressed is that their vision for the future comes really close. Mm, that's true. Right here. You can't yeah. see, you ask them to see next, tell me about what do you want to see in the yeah. future, ten, a month from now. I can't see a month, can't see a week. I know the answer to this question. Have you done Dan Sullivan's 25 year framework? Right, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, like I know that. So Alvin is, uh, when we met, like, he was like voracious. Mm -hmm. How many oh, books? Yeah. I was like, read this, yeah. of course. Read that seven yeah. times. Yeah. Read that every year. Yeah. Like, God, you're ahead of me. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad I got you on one book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me on a few now, man. You, yeah. yeah, watch me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, man, that's so great. Um, yeah, but yeah, no. So that really, truly, what you were saying, I'm gonna tell you one quick story. The meditation, yeah, and why it's helped me a lot being a parent and in my business and personal life, uh, professional, personal. One day, my kids were in the bathtub. Two boys at the time, they were young, and they were in the bathtub, and I was getting irritated for something. I think I wanted to go do something. I had to do whatever, and and they were doing something, and. In my mind, I thought, yeah, I'm gonna go hit them. Just because they're irritating me. And I thought, what the hell is that? What is, why do you want to hit them? Because it was the past, right? That's how my menu, I call it a menu item. If I go down, if you present me with a problem, a challenge, what I go down my menu, let me see, I could hit you, I could argue with you, I could do, there's a menu. Yeah. What's at the top of the menu? I'm gonna grab the top thing. Right. Or, or I've tried this one, this one, this one, yeah. it didn't work. What else yeah. I got? Yeah, wow. go to, right. Yeah. And, but I caught myself, I go, what the? Meditation. I was able to see, become the watcher going, what yeah. are you actually, what, why are you yeah. getting upset? And what, and what do I want them to know? Yeah. Like, what am I yeah, trying to, all of that. What am I trying to teach them? Like, well, all of that. Hitting clearly isn't going to teach them anything, except that I'm an asshole. So yeah. let's not do that. Let's, what's, that. what's plan B? Yeah. Like, hey guys, we got to move now. Right. And I think when you, um, learn to speak in an assertive way rather than like wishy-washy. Yeah. And you, things get done. Yeah. Especially intentional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the problem with, with parents is like, they're like, oh, you know, whatever you want. They try not to be a bad parent. Yeah. They try to be like the good parent. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it goes from like, shit, my kids aren't listening yeah. to me. Well, you simply didn't tell them what you needed. You yeah. weren't explicit. Yeah. Or, man, I'm going through this with my kids right now. Like routine is yeah. so important and, and routine expectations. Sure. And if they don't have those, yeah. all of a sudden when you ask them to do something that's, that's like challenging for them or whatever otherwise should have been their routine, yeah. all of a sudden it's a big deal. Yeah. Right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely uh, some parenting lessons built in there, man. But yeah. man, I'll tell you, uh, I don't know, I, I wrote that testimony for recently and like, yeah. it's all true. And it's just the idea of like how much you changed my life. I don't even know if you would know. Yeah. Like I was on this path of, of mindless, you know, you know my, my history, man, and so much uh, mindlessness and so much um, 
uh, anger and this myopic direction and nothing mm -hmm. else mattered. I just yeah. wanted to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. I just opened up my eyes to so much, man. And like the fact that I'm, you know, I, I would, I would put myself in the category of being a great dad. Mm -hmm. I owe so much of that yeah. to you, man. Yeah. Do you know that I, named, it. I you know that I named my daughter after um, Wayne Dyer's daughter? Because you introduced me to Wayne Dyer. Yeah, Sky. yeah. Sky, Sky, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. Sky. That's awesome. So like you introduced me to Wayne. I and like, I was like, dude, this is, this is like, and I went to see him in California. You might not know mm -hmm. that either. No, I, I went to see him live. Before he passed. Yeah. So he, he, I'm sitting, I was like one of the last people in. I'm sitting in the back row in the back. And his daughter's at the front. He comes in the back. And they're, they're like walking. And they're, they're singing together. Right. And they do yeah. this duet. And they kind of stop right beside me. And it was just the most magical thing right. I've ever seen. I was like, my daughter wasn't born yet. Yeah. I was like, I want that. Yeah. Like, I want to have that. You could just see the love and the yeah. connection. The amount of respect and admiration yeah. for each other. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's what I want. So for the first four years of my daughter's life, probably ish um we would dance like yeah. every every you know at least to once or twice a week on the weekends yeah we, she'd wake up in the morning and i hold her in my arms and, we, and i would sing with the music and we would yeah. dance and to me that's like the greatest connection yeah that i can build with her and now we have the best relationship yeah. we're just we're just so close yeah i love it i wanted a lot of that to you and obviously Jane, that. and like just seeing i never i never had a model man i never had yeah. a model for what a good relationship was yeah and you were there going through some of my, my relational challenges yeah. early in the yeah. years we, and i remember the time we got deep yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it wasn't easy. Yeah, yeah it wasn't no. easy. No, I appreciate every yeah. word you say, man. And, and it, it, it means a lot to me, although, you know, I, I, I don't uh, probably show it as much, but trust me, I yeah. keep every, well, man, keep every voice, everything you said. Thanks, man. Yeah. It doesn't need to, like, I don't need you to tell me it means a lot. Like, I just yeah. want you to know that it, that it matters. Yeah. yeah. It mattered, you know, yeah. like, and uh, so when you're helping people, you're, you're doing a great job. And I know yeah. you, your, your intentional pursuit of your own excellence mm -hmm is uh admirable yeah and, and it. don't ever stop man like just be you right yeah that's and exactly what i tend to do every day you know? yeah regardless if people notice or say it yeah it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because yeah, it's making a difference man yeah and, like i yeah. think it was uh i think it was deepak who said i just to paraphrase i am free from the good or bad opinions of anybody so right. even if you gave me a compliment yeah the, the minute i give you a compliment and you kind of let it elevate you. Yeah. I own you. Yeah. Because I can take that away at any time. Totally. Man, I, like, maybe you taught me that as a bodybuilder, but that was my gift as a bodybuilder. I didn't give a shit if people said I was the best. Yeah. Or they said I was the worst. Yeah. You know, sometimes when, when they when they throw those jabs, that hurts a little bit. Yeah. But like, there was a point where I was like, I'm like I'm free of the opinion of others yeah. is absolutely true. And, and imagine as a bodybuilder, you're standing on stage in your underwear. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone's judging you. Yeah. And so at some point toward the end of my career, I was like, I know that I'm my worst critic and I know what I need yeah. to get better at and what I'm great at and what I'm bad at. Yeah. That's all that matters. And so yeah. this, this is pursuit of personal progress or personal yeah. excellence. Yeah. For sure. What you think of me. Yeah. yeah. I think that in life and in business is a very powerful message for people to hear. Right. Yeah. You know what? You're, you're, here's where you're a great example, living example without even attempting it. His idea that wherever you, so anybody listening now, wherever you start, it's not where you have to end. And, as you're saying back in 2006, 2005, whatever it might be, that Ben is not the Ben now. That Ben had an intention, he had a goal, that Ben had a goal and it was by any means possible, I'm getting this, right? <laughs> because he knew that goal would elevate you to wherever. I don't even know if I knew that. I just right. didn't matter. I think it was unconscious <laughs> I mean, though, really and truly because you were intentional. Yeah. In, and just like you're intentional now, but the intention changed. Yeah, different direction. Right, and in, for some, again, it's again, you can't you can't um, downplay the fact that you knew 
when the some people can't smell when it's over. You know, some people are still going and it's and, and to their death. Yeah. You went, I'm here. Okay, next. I'm okay with letting go. Yeah, and, and you know, I, this. I, I don't even know if you knew that, but like when I started, I had a plan to retire at 35 because I knew how unhealthy, or at least I had a belief around how unhealthy bodybuilding was. So I was like, listen, my intention is to like hit the top of the world by the time I'm like 27, 28, and then stay there till 35, and then I'm out, man. And, I, and I'm, I'm so grateful that I was able to commit to that. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have if my kids weren't born. Like yeah. if my kids didn't give me a new direction, a new path, a new purpose. purpose. Man, after they were born, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Right. Like I couldn't be the same ruthless guy, selfish, and go home to these angels. I just couldn't do it. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So it definitely shifted me, man. And still to this day, you know, like I say to my angels because yeah. I actually believe yeah. that. Like I actually, I mean, I, and you're you're an angel to me too, man. And I don't say it in a weird way, but people come into your life. Yeah. And some people come in for a minute. Some people come in for an hour. And some people come in for a lifetime. And yeah. those people are sent to change you in yeah. some way if you're if you're awake enough to see it. Yeah. So like, man, I have a list of people who. Are, are have had the most impact on me and you're mm-hmm. at the top of the list yeah, right? I appreciate that and like people just like man you know I've met people for five minutes and, and something they said or did made an impact on me and I'm like oh to include podcast guests mm-hmm. yeah I'm like oh this is an opportunity for me to improve take this information apply it to the current construct that I have mm-hmm. and say how can I use this information to make it better yeah. like and it could be anyone right yeah improve my understanding of the world, improve my understanding of business, improve my understanding of parenting, improve yeah. my understanding of the body. Yeah. I take this piece of information, I apply it to this contract I have over here. Yeah. And everyone is an angel, man. Everyone yeah. in your life is an angel, no matter how long they're in or out. 100%. Yeah. You can choose to, again, bellyache about that person being in your life or learn Literally. from it yeah. and repeat it. And, you know, I mean, when I think back to our time in, the, in that room, man, we spent hours so much. dissecting. So much. And multiple clinics in your yeah. house and like, yeah, man. Yeah, dissecting all that info. Yeah. And to, to include, like, you know, you're, you had parent people in your life, maybe your dad and I had yeah. my dad. And, yep. and I think it's still an angel who comes and teach you how not to do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, there's yeah. a, have, yeah. you ever, have you read Conversations with God? You know, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. I so, did. I finished it. I finished it. And there, there's, I got a couple of versions. Yeah. Well, so... The, the, I didn't read the whole book, but there's a there's a child version of the book. It's called The Little Soul and the Sun. Mm-hmm. Everyone get that book. Right. And it's it's about this conversation that's happening in heaven between a little soul and, and you know, two little souls. Mm-hmm. And it's this conversation of like, hey, we're gonna go to Earth and but you know, I've already figured out life. I know exactly all about life, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna intentionally um, allow you to experience a challenge. I'm gonna bring a challenge into your life. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's worth it's worth reading. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, want to give away yeah. the story, mm-hmm. but it's like everyone. Is, so imagine we're all just these souls having a human experience, and maybe we're all perfect angels and souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe some people are here to, to teach you some new lesson, mm-hmm. and you don't have to hate them. You don't have to think they're bad. They're just they're just sent to impart this new lesson on you. And and part of the book is like. I'm going to do this thing and you're going to be very upset with me, but please remember that I'm also your, I'm also a perfect soul. I'm just here to, to bring yeah. you this lesson, this experience. Yeah. And so like, man, all those people who are bringing you challenging experiences. You're like, fuck, thank you. Yeah. Like I couldn't be the man that I am without that. You wouldn't, you know what I mean? Exactly. And yeah. you know, it's funny, two things. One, NLP has a statement that says every behavior has value. It depends on the context. Totally. So, so someone who behaves in a certain way in the wrong context would look like, oh my God, they're the worst. But you put them in another environment and it fits in that environment. Right. So every behavior you have is, is for good intention, but it's in the wrong context. Right. Okay? 
who said if you judge a, a fish by its ability to climb a tree, right? Mm-hmm. It's Prince Ian made, made it famous, but right. somebody else said that. Yeah. Yeah, then it'll always be a failure. Right? Yeah. Have you heard that statement before? No, no, but it reminds me of um, another one. Uh, there's a principle where you talk, you speak into people how you want them to become. I forgot the principle of it. But, right. you know, you always, we, we want to speak into somebody in the way they want to become, not what they, you perceive them as being. Mm-hmm. And they, like, if you're, you know, when you're working with your kids or then you do that, when you're working with your, the people at your office, you speak into them in the way you want them to become. I think it's it's not even intentional. I think it's like this, this belief that I've created in my life and I'll be completely honest. It's it's something that's just come into me in the last couple of years. I believe truthfully that everyone can be something exceptional. They just don't know how yet. So right, when you and I met, I'm a very different person than I was then. Yes. At that time, you have no idea what I could be, but you're like, hey, dude, whatever it is, you can be something great. Yeah. Whatever you choose, you can do something great. Yeah. So no matter who I meet, no matter who's in front of me, a coach, a client, uh, a child, I see their potential mm-hmm. because I came from here and I went to wherever I'm on my way to, right? And I was like, man, if I can go from there to there, you can do that and exponentially, potentially more. Yeah. So like when people are saying in front of you, you're like, oh, I just, I just have a belief, man, that the only thing holding you back is like the bullshit story you tell yourself as to why you can't. So then how do we then support you in whatever we can't, like you and I are both teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, in te- yeah. inherently our, 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 uh, at our soul, we're teachers. Yeah, we so when you see someone in front of you, you're like, yeah, I'm not sure how, yeah. but I can help you. Yeah. Yeah, and it may just be like reminding you of who you are or reminding you of what you're capable of yeah. or showing you the path or yeah. showing you the book. Yeah. But we're all just there to like, hey man, right now you're in first grade. Yeah. By the end of this year, you're going to be in second grade. Yeah. And let's just take one step every day to move you from first grade to second grade or 10th grade to 12th, whatever, whatever right? Yeah. But it's just like one step in front of the other and the path reveals itself. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you the first book I came out with called, it's called Journey to Personal Greatness, right? Mind, Body, Soul. And it's all based on this idea of to achieve true greatness. It's, it's a connection. You can't, because, you know, in the bodybuilding industry, fitness industry, bodies look beautiful. Okay. So they, they got there in the body section by standards of society. People can bliss out in yoga, but they're missing this material thing. They don't want money, but they're struggling. They can't connect with people. They're too up there. And then, you know, so you need this idea of this mind, body, and soul, this connection. This is what I'm working on, like physical body, take care of your body because this, this is the vehicle. But this meditation takes care of the soul, reconnect with your authentic self, who you are, why you're here, working on that purpose. And, you know, the mindset, working on the mindset because everything's between the ears and this comes from my athletic. So now when I wrote that book, I realized I needed a, how do we do this? So that's, my second book I'm working on is called The Four Pillars of Greatness. And this kind of ties into what you're saying. So I believe... What are they? Okay, so I believe... Good question. I have my four books. Good question. I have four. So here's the number one. And you, when you, the reason why I brought this up, you, you, may be, you triggered it. I believe everybody knows why they're here and what they want. But at mm. some point, at some point, they got disillusioned. Forget. And people around them, right? Tell them what they are. Or they might think we, we grow to have limitations. What we think we can do and can't do. Mm. Based on so many reasons. Yep. So clarity is the first C. First pillar is clarity. You gotta be clear. And by the way, clarity is a dynamic thing. It changes, because what you wanted at 25, completely different. Completely different than now. And then 55 is something different. Yep. Right? You wanna leave a legacy impact and significance, all that stuff later on, possibly. 
So it's a dynamic thing. So you always got to be working on what do I want? It's the biggest question. I don't know what I want. I believe people do know what I want, but here comes the second C, afraid, courage. My second pillar is courage. You need courage. You know, it's so funny. And what I say about courage is I can convince everybody to let's jump out of a plane. They think that's being courageous. That's not being courageous. You know what's being courageous? Going out and claiming who you are. Getting out of your closet, your proverbial closet, and tell the world who you really are. There's a, there's a video that comes up, Earl Nightingale. Mm. The, opposite of, the opposite of cowardice is not courage. It's, it's conformity. Conformity, yeah. Like, yeah, that comes to mind for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so that second one is courage. And that courage piece... So, so I guess just to finish that. Yeah, yeah. Like conformity right now in this yeah. current time, the yeah. opposite of courage... Yes, Conform. we all we see it. We yeah. see it happening. All right. So, um, so courage. Second C, commitment. Third, yeah. That's a third pillar. Commitment. You got to be committed. If you're, if you say yes, yeah. do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Even when the mood leaves you, do it, because you're committed. Okay. And then the last one, last pillar, is consistency. Because here's what I found though yeah. that that last. That last C, if you don't have the, all the other three, do the last C. Okay, because when you're consistent, guess what you build? Commitment. Totally. Yeah. When you're consistent, guess what you build? Courage. So my pillars are a little bit different. And I've okay. never shown them before because I'm actually building a business around this. Yeah. And I'd love to actually give your perspective. So when I meditate, I've taught, shared it once on the podcast before. When I meditate, this is how I meditate. Wisdom. Yeah. Integrity. Yeah. Love. Right. Strength. Like it. So wisdom, integrity, love, and strength. Yeah. Those are my pillars. So I, I'm, I'm calling in yeah. wisdom. So yeah. I'm, I'm welcoming wisdom from everything. Mm. Like in everything, there's an innate wisdom. Yeah. And so in people and experiences, innate wisdom. Right. Integrity, as you yeah. say, is, is the consistent commitment to yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, love, mm-hmm. obvious. It's yeah. coming from a place of love and uh, acceptance. Yeah. And then strength is not just physical yeah it's not just physical yeah. it's like courage it's yeah. like having the courage to be strong enough to pursue or to uh, reinforce my beliefs yeah. or what you know yeah it's wisdom integrity love and strength those yeah. are my w-i-l-s yeah, i love it and so when i meditate i'm literally um bringing in an abundance of wisdom bringing yeah. in an abundance of integrity bringing in you know in, in alignment yeah right? yeah and i have this vision it's like this this like this line that's going through my body like it's almost like the chakras you know yeah that's good yeah yeah, it's funny that you you said that. I was just thinking as you went down your your four, you mm-hmm. landed down in here, yeah. which is that base chakra. Maybe that's, that's the first strength. Is. Yeah, <laughs> first that connection. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Seriously, that yeah, is totally. it. That's a base, man. So you know, but it's been you know this whole journey. It continues for me. I'm having fun with learn every day. What learning. are you studying right now? I know you're a student. You're always studying. Yeah. Stuff. You know, NLP, man, I'm diving back into NLP. Yeah. I'm diving. I took a course this year. Yeah, I, I did. You know, I looked at it sometimes. Okay. So here's my strength and my weakness. I like to look at something and see how I can do it a little bit better. Okay. But here's what I don't do. What I'm learning to do is become the student too. Yeah. Right. Become the student of something that's already created. It's your arrogance. Arrogance. It is. Yeah. It is arrogance. My too. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. is arrogance. Yeah. But I had an epiphany. What am I trying to do? So I'm trying to create this integrated peak performance consultant. Yeah. Why don't I honor the idea that NLP has already been established since yeah. the '70s, and work with that, and then right. Right. So, so I do the same thing. Yeah. 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 My ego. Well, well, so man, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's like maybe your contrarian mindset or your mm-hmm. your ego, but. 
do I think this you and I are doing the same thing. Yeah. So I think take it as far as you can, learn as much as you yeah. can from them. And so, dude, the only reason I became who I am in muscle building is because what? I took everything what everyone else said. I was like, it's not complete. Giants. Yeah. It's not complete. Yeah. I can push this further than you, right? Yeah. So not only am I am I learning from the best, I'm also doing it better than the best. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing this, so you got to do the same. You got to go. Okay, yeah. I'm learning theory. Yeah. But now the only way I can make this better is not by theorizing and thinking about it, because yeah. someone's thought about it 25 years longer than I have. Yeah. But if I do it and I apply it, and I go, where does this break? Yeah. Then you know, then yeah. maybe you have something new to say. Yeah. And I think, dude, to, uh, I've studied Bandler a lot, and that guy's. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm actually studying hypnosis a little bit now, and I, yeah. I, I think yeah. that's phenomenal. Over the pandemic, I ended up getting my diploma in hypnosis. Which yeah. from which, which thing? Actually, I did it online, Udemy, and just did a Udemy since I have all the other uh, things. All the other things. Yeah, I kind of wrong to do online. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm into it now. So I did a hypnosis class this week, or yeah. a session this week. Yeah. And it was uh, maybe the well, certainly in the last couple of years, one of the most transformative things I've yeah. ever done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm hooked. Like, yeah. I, so I was studying a little bit before. I'm like, no, no, this is unbelievable. I'm actually going to get the guy who did it on the podcast. Yeah. It was, uh, man, I'll tell you about it off the podcast, but it was yeah. phenomenal. You and I should, uh, you know, I know time is a big thing for both of us, but you and I should connect to dive deeper because I am just tearing apart the NLP. Good. You know, I yeah, do yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Anything I do, I'm just. Let's yeah, dissect yeah. this thing and really know it. Yeah, I, got, I got a lot of plates in the air right now. Yeah, you know, like yeah. business and family and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and so yeah, yeah. I'd love to. Yeah, let's let's make see if we can carve out some time and do a regular. Let's. What do you learn? If someone wants to work with you, where do they yeah. find you? They can find me online. I got Journey to Personal Greatness. My it's on it's online and I and I run a I have three programs. Greatness. I call one is I call Walk to Greatness. So if you just want. You've never been coached before because I know a lot of people don't even know what that is. And it's an art to being coached too, by the way. I found that out. Asking for help is not easy, man. Yeah. So I have have the walk program. You can walk to greatness. So we take your time, your first time. Then I have run to greatness where we develop a relationship three, six, 12 months. And and we work through everything from mind, body, soul. And the last one is a a fly to greatness, which is where you have have a small room for amount of people doing that. Because it's where you get me, I get your, you know, you can connect yeah. with me at any time, but that's a bigger price back. You should do box to greatness. Fight your way. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> right. Fight your way back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Love you, buddy. You too, man. man. You too. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for tuning into the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. We are doing our best to continue to bring you the best guests on the planet. And I know this was no letdown for you. And I know the guests coming up in the next few weeks are going to completely blow your mind. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, do it now wherever amazing podcasts are listened to and distributed. You will find us there. If you did find this podcast enjoyable, leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We would love to hear from you. If you're not already following Muslim Intelligence Podcast on Instagram, do that now. We have some incredible giveaways coming from our sponsors. If you want to pick up awesome free stuff, if you want to get some great insights from us, do that now. We are doing our best to constantly be giving you guys great value. So thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you for being a supporter of the podcast. And ultimately, thank you for inspiring us and aspiring to be the greatest version of yourself. I truly believe you deserve to live your greatest life in a body that you absolutely love. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. 
This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.